the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Happy feast day of Saints Athanasius and Cyril today. We've been here in this church one year today. You remember last year? We came in and celebrated great vespers on the 18th. Barely snuck it in onto St. Athanasius' day and then uh, had our first service. But we give thanks to God uh, for our uh, year in this holy place and ask Him for many more years. If you'll uh, forgive me uh, for commenting on the gospel lesson this morning, I'd like to focus uh, my words and thoughts on the life of Athanasius. St. Nikolai in his prologue says, among other things, summarizing the life of St. Athanasius with few exceptions, throughout his life he was persecuted by heretics. Of the emperors, he was most persecuted by Constantius, who was one of Constantine's sons, by Julian, who was Constantine's nephew, and by the Emperor Valens. By bishops, he was persecuted by Eusebius of Nicomedia in particular, and other bishops, and also, of course, by the priest Arius. Athanasius was forced to hide from his persecutors. He hid in a well, he hid in a grave, he hid in private homes, he hid in the Egyptian desert. He was forced to flee to Rome. Only once before his death did he live peaceably for a while as a good shepherd among his good flock who truly loved him in Alexandria in Egypt. And then St. Nikolai says, few, <clears throat> few are the saints who were so mercilessly slandered and so criminally persecuted as St. Athanasius. And when I read this yesterday, it just, just it pierced me. You know, you, you never know when you're reading something that you've read many times before you know, what sentence is, gonna, is going to poke you. His great soul patiently endured all for the love of Christ, and in the end he emerged victorious from his entire terrible and long-lasting struggle. For counsel and for comfort and for moral support, Athanasius often visited St. Anthony in the desert, whom he respected as his spiritual father. And of course, we celebrated St. Anthony's Day yesterday. For a man who formulated the greatest truth, Athanasius had to suffer for that truth until the year 373 when he gave up his life in repose in the kingdom as a faithful servant. In the year 330, the city of Byzantium, later known as Constantinople, was dedicated 
This was only five years after the Council of Nicaea. St. Athanasius, through his brilliance and through his oratory and through his theology, had defeated not only Arius but his principal supporter, Bishop uh, Eusebius of Nicomedia, who had a pretty big ego. And he also had big influence with Constantine in the imperial court. Nicomedia and Byzantium were not far away. Some say that he was even a, re some re a relative in some degree. And so by his intrigues, he had been recalled from exile. Constantine had exiled him after the council of uh, Nicaea. Imagine the embarrassment. And so once he was recalled from exile, he was out for one thing, revenge against this young whippersnapper deacon from Alexandria, and he was going to get him. And so he convinced Constantine to bring Arius back from exile. Constantine wrote Athanasius and said, you have to receive him back into communion because he wants to be back in communion. And St. Athanasius would not receive him because he knew that in his heart and mind that he had not changed his mind one bit about the false doctrines that he had preached. Finally, Eusebius trumped up charges against him and, brought and, and succeeded in bringing Athanasius to trial in 335 at the Council of Tyre. And there were four principal charges. One, that he had not reached the canonical age to be ordained a bishop. This is why I believe he was ordained, or this, this is why I believe he was born in 298, because no one questions that he was uh, ordained in 328. And so the 30 was the canonical age, and so I think it was really close when he was ordained a bishop that he had imposed a linen tax on the provinces, that his officers with his consent and authority had profaned the sacred mysteries in the case of the priest Iscarus, and lastly, that he had put one, a certain Arsenius to death, cut off his hand, and used it for magical purposes. So these are the, the slanders against Athanasius at this council. He brought 50 supporters from Alexandria to this council and they wouldn't let any of the 50 supporters in. They said, only the, we've only summoned you. And so he was, he was brought in and they questioned him and finally they questioned him about Arsenius and produced the box and the hand in the box. and you know. So he slips in a man with his head covered and, uh, and uh, in a long robe. And he says, you knew Arsenius, right? They said, oh, well, of course we knew Arsenius. And so he slips, he slips the robe up and reveals one hand. And there's a slight gasp. Then he shows the other hand. There's a bigger gasp. Then he throws the cloak from over Arsenius' head and he says, Behold, Arsenius, 
Can you show me where he grew the third hand that you have in the box? And, and, and complete chaos broke loose. He escaped and went straight to Constantine by boat. And as he was looking, heading to the palace to gain an audience with Constantine, he accidentally met him on the road. Constantine was coming home from a hunting trip. And he came up on, onto the road and he grabbed the emperor's bridle of, of, of his horse and pulled it down. Give me a fair hearing before my detractors. Constantine couldn't even believe it was him, had to be convinced that it was him. I think it's the first time they met. And so he was given a hearing before Constantine and his detractors, mainly Eusebius of Nicomedia, who dropped all of those charges because he knew he couldn't defend any of those charges, and so he trumped up another slander against Athanasius, that he was interrupting grain shipments to Byzantium. You know, Egypt was the breadbasket of the Roman Empire. That would be like uh, whoever's in charge of the San Joaquin Valley deciding not to give produce to Albertsons or Safeway anymore. I mean, everybody's going to starve, right? So this was a capital offense. Athanasius could be executed, executed for doing this. Constantine says, okay, you're out of here, and sent him into exile in southern Germany, in Trier, in southern Germany, where he was for two and a half years before he was finally returned. During that time, he received the news that his nemesis, Arius, had died. Rather than rejoicing in that, he said, Let us not exult in his death, for it is appointed unto all men once to die. But the manner of his death has revealed the transcendence of God. And um, we won't go into the details of his death, but many of you know the miraculous death that he suffered. Our church, St. Athanasius Church, has been the object both of slander and persecution for many years. I wonder why. <laughs> who's, our, who's our patron? That slander and persecution has come from both outside the church and inside the church. It's a funny thing about slander. You can slander with falsehood by saying false things, but you can also slander with the truth and twist it, and it becomes slander. It doesn't really matter so much whether slander is based on a truth or a lie. What does matter ultimately is how we respond to it. But we cannot quit. We cannot compromise the truth. And we cannot flag in our zeal for the faith. We have to be like him. 
we have to be like St. Athanasius. St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, and this is from chapter 12, gives a summary of how we ought to act when we're slandered and when we're persecuted. I'll conclude with this, and I believe it's a good summary of how St. Athanasius conducted himself and how we should strive to live in this world when people say false things or twist the truth about us. Not lagging in diligence, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. And do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. And in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen.